Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. John appeared, baptizing in the wilderness and proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And all the country of Judea and all Jerusalem were going out to him and were being baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now, when I read this this week, the question I was thinking is why? Why were they leaving their cities and their farms to enter the wilderness? And why were they confessing their sins? Why did they feel like they needed forgiveness for their sins? Here's another question or another series of questions. Do we want forgiveness for sin? And do we want freedom from it? Or do we want to keep on sinning while at the same time avoiding the consequences of that sin? Do we really believe that our sin deserves punishment? And do we really believe that we need forgiveness? In our society today, there's a tendency to justify our actions instead of seeking forgiveness for them. It's easy for us to play the victim instead of recognizing ourselves as the actual perpetrator. What do I mean by this? Well, let me give you an example. Let's say I lose my temper and I yell at you. Now, outside of uh, my son, many of you can't imagine this, but, but let's say that I do this. I lose my temper and I yell at you. You would feel hurt But I would justify my actions by explaining, look, I've had a really long day on top of a really long week on top of a really bad year so far. You were the one. You should have realized that what you did was inconsiderate and rude. I don't need to apologize for yelling at you It is you who brought me to this point. In fact, maybe you should be apologizing to me for bringing me to the point of yelling at you. I didn't want to do it, but you made me. You see, instead of taking responsibility for my part in this situation, for indulging in my sin of anger, I ended up blaming you for my sin. In other words, I don't think I should be punished. I think you should be punished. I was the victim, not you. We all do this to some extent. If we cheat on our homework, it's because the professor was unrealistic in the homework that they gave me. If I indulge in sexual activity outside of marriage, it's because 
It's unnatural to wait. If I drink or do drugs, it's because I'm so stressed out. You don't even know. You see, I'm always innocent. You are the guilty one. And in your mind, you're always innocent. And I'm always guilty. We try to justify ourselves to ease our conscience, all the while failing to realize that there is absolutely zero circumstances that can justify sinful action. Zero. More than that, there is also no hardship that can justify my sinful self. Or how about the attitude towards sin that some of the Roman Christians seem to have had? Paul writes to them and he says this, What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin so that grace may abound? In other words, do I, recognizing that I'm baptized, do I look at that as a free pass to do whatever I want? God forgives me anyways. I've already taken the necessary steps. Now I can do what I want. Now I'm asking all of these things because it's hard for me to understand what the people in our gospel were going through. They went out to the wilderness in droves to hear a preacher that proclaimed a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And they confessed their sins in front of large amounts of people desiring for it to be washed away. The people wanted peace with God and they were wise enough To understand that without forgiveness, there's no peace. Jesus would teach us that without forgiveness, what we actually deserve is punishment in hell. Are we wise enough to understand that our sin deserves hell? Are we wise enough to understand that the words that we use to justify our actions really bring no justification at all? We indeed need help. We need the Holy Spirit to give us what we don't have, repentant hearts. To show us that by God's law there is no excuse for our sin. And to help us to admit all week, all week long, that because of our sin and our very sinful nature, we truly deserve nothing but present and eternal punishment. We need, we want to despair of our own ability to make peace between us and God to make peace between us and our neighbor. 
We can't make up for it. The wages of sin is death. Who can pay those wages? Surely not I. We also want the Holy Spirit. I one time talked with somebody. Um, uh, I talked to a, a Catholic who believed in venial and mortal sins. And the, the man said to me, I'm not afraid because I've never committed any mortal sins. But here's the thing. It was taking a piece of a fruit that God said no to that brought death into the world. Every act of disobedience is mortal sin. After that one piece of fruit, it caused for God to promise that he would send his son to die on the cross to pay for those sins. We want to understand how serious our sin really is. Because when we falsely try to justify our actions, we're saying it's really not that bad. It's excusable because of all the reasons that I just gave. When we understand how bad this is, we also want to hear John continuing when he says, After me comes he who is mightier than I, the strap of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. And in those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee, and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And when he came up out of the water, immediately he saw the heavens being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my beloved Son. With you I am well pleased. The people recognized that they were dead in their sin And that's when John pointed to the only, only solution for their sin. He pointed them to Jesus, who is the greatest of all, who alone could give them peace with God, who would give them the Holy Spirit, whose spirit would cry, whose spirit would testify with their spirit making them cry out, Abba, Father. And the same God who sent John to reveal our sin also sends the Holy Spirit to point us to the only cure for that sin. The one who would die for all the terrible things that we do all of those things that need justifying. And as John proclaimed, as he was preaching, Behold, here stands 
Jesus. Not only Jesus, but the Father and the Holy Spirit as well. And where does the triune God stand? He he stands in the same water where our sin was shed. And all of the sin that was discarded, Jesus picks up and he begins his three-year journey to the cross where those sins would get what they deserved. With his last breath, those sins would die. Remember, it says that he who knew no sin, it doesn't only say that he carried those sins. It says he who knew no sin became sin for us. Here in those waters is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Jesus did not need to be baptized for forgiveness. He was baptized to unite himself with sinners like us. He himself said, said, I have come to seek and to save the lost. He came to seek and save you and me. And when we were baptized, we became united with Jesus. We became united with the love of God. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. I love the word united. In that passage. The reason is that united means peace. We are united with Christ and all that he has, he gives to us. Including this. The declaration. You are my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Now, in the the book of Galatians, we like to correct the passage. We like to say, instead of, for you are all sons of God through faith, we like to say, for you are all children, or for you are all people of God. But that correction doesn't need to be. Because of this, later in Galatians, Paul writes, you are no longer male nor female, slave nor, nor free, But you are heirs. All that the Son has is yours. You are all sons of God through faith. Everything that is the first sons, it's yours. Including this. 
God is pleased with you. Let me say that again. For Jesus' sake, God is pleased with you. He's pleased with you. You don't have to justify yourself. You don't have to give an excuse. He's pleased with you. For Jesus' sake. That's beautiful. And it's freeing. Believe me. And it's something we have to remind ourselves of all the time. That's why we're here today. Now I can see why all the country of Judea and all Jerusalem were going out to him and were being baptized by John in the river, confessing their sins. They recognized that without forgiveness, there's no peace. Only death. More than that, because they recognized their deep need, they were blown away by the love of God and the Son that He gives. I have written here, gave, but He continually gives in, with, and under the bread and wine In the word proclaimed, he gives. I pray that Jesus would daily and richly forgive us all of our sins by his word and cause us to truly, to truly, not make excuses to, but to love our neighbor so that they too may one day join us at the waters and be united with the God that gave them the same peace that he has given us. And now may the peace that surpasses all understanding guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus until he returns for you. Amen.